everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, today is going to be the day. It's Pro-Am Day here at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. We have the morning flight that goes through, starts around 8 o'clock, and then there'll be the afternoon flight for the Pro-Am, 1.30. And your boy, that's right, the freshly shaved one, will be out there on the course here at Off Golf and Country Club, taking part in the Pro-Am. I will try my best not to bring shame to my household and to embarrass the Delta Media family. I'm going to try my best, but I can't promise you that I uh, will, will not make a complete fool of myself out there on the golf course today. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. As we're broadcasting live from Latrion Golf and Country Club, we're going to be here all week. Myself, Kevin Foote in footnotes, and of course, our new guy. That's right, our new show, Crunch Time, with Miguez and Mesh. Matt Miguez will be coming out starting today through Friday as well. Blanket-to-blanket coverage of one of the best events in Louisiana, if I don't tear down the equipment first. That's the key. Good morning, Hannah Five Names. Producer extraordinaire, how are you today? Um, I mean, I'm pretty good. Woke up a little late, which kind of sucks. So I like rushed here. Luckily, I was on the road. But um, other than that, I'm oh, doing goodness. fantastic. Doing fan? You, you say that with such... There, there, there's, a, there, there's a tinge of sarcasm in that. In that I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wake up right now. It's fine. <laughs> come on, five names. Let's go. Today's Pro-Am Day. Let's go. It is. I'm so excited Let's to come go. hang out with uh, Miguez later on so that I can uh, hopefully see you golfing. Oh, That's how man. I get there. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, I'm going to try my best not to embarrass myself. Of course. Us being out here at Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross would not be made possible without the support of our sponsors this week. And that's going to be Tibbs Trailers. You thinking trailers? Think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection from Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan, Rope, Soap, and Dope. They're Kittyana's workplace authority for more than 20 years. They offer supplies for all your industrial, safety, and janitorial needs. Online, you can find them at ropesopendope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant. Oh, yeah, you're always welcome to light it up there at the Cigar Merchant. They're Kittyana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located right there in the oil center. And, of course, 
our friends at Golf Connection USA. You can find them at golfconnectionlouisiana.com. That tailor-made stealth driver you keep hearing about, we've talked a lot about it here on the show. You can find it there as well as a large variety of golf bags and shoes. They're located right there on West Pinhook Road, 2009 in Lafayette. So thanks to all of our sponsors for helping make this possible this week. We do have a poll question of the day. We'll go ahead and throw it out there. No need to tease it. No need to delay it. Okay, it's not how we're going to do things today. We're going to go ahead and let you know all about it. Poll question of the day. How will RP3, yours truly, fare in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am? Will it be a record-breaking score? Now, that's not saying... That's a good record or a bad record. Just as record-breaking score. Shout out to the producer extraordinaire for that. Will it be a record-breaking score? Will he, will I, surprisingly be mediocre? Which is what I'm gunning for. That's the goal, is to be surprisingly mediocre. Or will it become a flaming dumpster fire? (laughs) We got a dead heat already on this poll question of the day. Five names. 34% of you say flaming dumpster fire. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. 33% say record-breaking performance. 33% say surprisingly mediocre. (laughs) JPK, the OD, says, who cares how you do? Just have fun and hit the beer cart early and often. Let her rip, tater chip. And shares a gift from Happy Gilmore. Thank you, JPK, the OD. Joe Cola, record-breaking score. I'm all in. Go big or go home. Then again, I thought Brady was retired for good, so what do I know? Thank you, guys. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I've never golfed in a pro-am. I'm not a good golfer, not by any stretch of the imagination. Just not. I golfed briefly in high school. I don't think I've ever told you this, five names. I golfed in high school. My One of my good buds, Josh Wright. He was he lived right behind the golf course in our little town that we lived in there in Illinois. And he's like, Hey man, I'd go play with him and just mess around. He's like, Hey man, you should you should join the golf team this year. And I said, All right, whatever. So I joined the golf team. There was eighteen players on the golf team, five names. Would you like to know where I ranked on the golf team? Nineteen. I was seventeen, and the only reason why I wasn't number eighteen is because the number eighteen boy had was uh, handicapped. So that puts in perspective the kind of golfing prowess I'm going to be bringing to the table today here out on the golf course. I love to golf. I golf with my brother all the time, or we did all the time. I love the game. Don't get me wrong. It's maddening. It can be immensely frustrating. But I am not good at it. So I'm going to have a blast today. Uh, First time I've ever golfed in a pro-am. Five Names is actually going to be coming out here to the course. Try to catch me out on the course and possibly post some sort of uh, videos to the the Tiki Talk. This is what I've been told. So you'll have to make sure to stay tuned to that on our social media accounts for all the ridiculousness that will be going on this afternoon during the program. Will there be (laughs) a comparison to a duck and giraffe? Maybe. (laughs) Thank you, Five Names. I knew I hired you for a reason. I know. Well, the golfing will happen later, and we're going to have talk more about golfing PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, this event with Kevin Price 
my old friend who's been at this event numerous years. He works for the PGA Tour as a reporter. He'll be joining us later on today to break it all down. In addition to Kevin Price, who's going to be joining us at 8.02, two hours from right now. We're going to have Bill Bender on at 8.30. Our friend from the Sporting News going to break down the entire NCAA men's tournament bracket for you. Trendy picks, teams he likes to make a deep run. We're going to cover it all with our good friend Bill Bender. And also at 7.30, the Mad Dog, Ron Higgins. We're going to talk LSU men's basketball. Will Wade firing. Kim Mulkey and her team, can they make a run? Baseball, that's all coming up at 7.30. So Ron Higgins, 7.30 to talk LSU. Kevin Price from the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour at 8 o'clock talking golf. And then 8.30, we'll be talking with Bill Bender about the NCAA tournament men's bracket. So that's all coming up. We're going to talk Manise. We're going to talk Cajuns. We're going to talk LSU. But we got to lead off today's show talking New Orleans Saints. Shout out to Marcus Williams because Marcus Williams got paid. The safety for the New Orleans Saints who was able to overcome a meltdown in the playoff game, the Minneapolis Miracle. He's the one that just terribly missed a tackle, right? Didn't have the right coverage. He was not in position, missed it. He was able to overcome that and become a key member of this defense. The Saints would have, were wanting to try to keep him, but he was going to become a free agent. Remember, they decided not to franchise tag him. Well, Marcus Williams agreed to terms with the Baltimore Ravens on a five-year deal worth $70 million. Hey, now. $70 million. I didn't see time. <laughs> there we go. $70 million. Uh, that's how shocking. No. Marcus is a good player. But $70 million, Saints can't afford to pay Marcus Williams $70 million. Right? And you, just, you, can't, you can't spend $70 million on a safety. Good for Marcus Williams. He played very well for the Saints. He now goes and gets himself paid in a big way. That said, that said, the Saints didn't wait long on replacing him. Yes, Mar yes, Marcus Williams leaves. He gets paid $70 million. What are the Saints going to do? Oh, my God, what are the Saints going to do? I don't know. Well, they didn't even wait, man. So they made two moves back-to-back. -back. The first move they made was cornerback Bradley Roby, who everyone anticipated them cutting because they were going to save about, what, $9 million in salary cap space. Everyone just thought, hey, they're just going to cut Roby, get done with it, get even further underneath the cap, and part ways with him, and they're going to move on. Well, that's not the case at all. The Saints and Roby agreed to terms on a contract extension. Source said, he'll stay in New Orleans on a new deal while giving the team cap space. That's the key part there. They cut him. If they cut him, they would have saved cap space. But they like him enough, Dennis Allen probably signed off on this, that they renegotiated his deal, gave him a contract extension, probably are going to put a majority of that money into a signing bonus, free up even more salary cap space. Mickey Loomis is a wizard with this type of stuff. And this is a guy, even though he didn't make a huge impact last year, he does give you depth. Not to mention, they renegotiated his deal. They could also trade him down the road, right? So this gives them some flexibility, Shortly after that, less than an hour after 
They restructured the deal for Bradley Roby, gave him a contract extension to keep him in New Orleans. <clears throat> they went out and signed Jet safety Marcus May. He was formerly franchise-tagged by the Jets. Good young player. And Marcus May. So, Saints, no Deshaun Watson news. They lose Marcus Williams, which many of us expected them to do once they decided not to put the franchise tag on him to try to work out a deal. And remember, they had the opportunity to try to work out a long-term deal last season when he played on the tag, and they weren't able to do it. Saints signed Marcus May to a three-year deal. Three-year deal. Now, he's different. The deal's only $28.5 million. So you get a safety. Let's say let's say Marcus May is not as good as Marcus Williams. Let's just let, let, let's just say that argument. Let, let's just concede that. Okay, great. But he's not that less of a player than Marcus Williams. It's pretty close. They're different safeties, by the way, and I'll get to that. But you signed him to a three-year deal worth twenty-eight and a half million dollars. Marcus Williams just got seventy. Now you have more than forty million dollars that you can utilize. If you would have paid Marcus Williams, you tied up with all that money, now you have $40 million more to play around with. So you get a comparable safety, cheaper, three-year deal, only $28.5 million for the deal. Smart decision. Smart decision. 15 mil of that is guaranteed. Now, their games are a little bit different, the two Marcuses. Marcus May's game is different. Williams definitely has more range if you look on the film. And he's, he excels more in that single high role. Marcus May is more of a thumper. Likes to hit. Big time hitter. So, they're going to be a little bit different in what they bring to the table. But the Saints restructure the deal of Roby, their cornerback, bringing him back. And then they go out and sign Marcus May from the New York Jets. Sorry, Darren. Your team gave up on another player. So, good day for the Saints. Nothing sexy about those deals, right? It's not a big splash. It's not the Deshaun Watson news that you've been hoping for, been praying for if you're a diehard Saints fan that can't wait to see Deshaun Watson in the black and gold. But they addressed the need. They didn't overpay for the need. And they freed up more money by keeping a guy on the roster that many of us thought they were going to cut. Mickey Loomis, trust the process. He makes smart moves. He makes smart moves. And I think this is another example of that. You lose Williams. You bring in Marcus May to replace him. He's cheaper. A little bit of a different player, right? Once again, he's not a, uh, he's not a single high safety, right? He, he's more of a thumper. But... You like him enough, you believe that he can fit into your defense. Once again, the head coach is Dennis Allen, the former defensive coordinator. So there's obviously something that he sees here that he can utilize, and you restructure a contract to get more salary cap space. Also coming out about the Saints yesterday was this. Reports are Teron Armstead, the left tackle. The reason why Teron hasn't signed anywhere is because he's waiting to figure out if the Saints are going to get Deshaun Watson. If the Saints settle and just try to run it back with Jameis Winston 
and don't make any moves there. Teron Armstead is going to depart and just take whatever big-time deal there is out on the market. That could be the Cincinnati Bengals. That could be a lot of teams. It could be the Washington Commanders. There's going to be plenty of teams in need of tackles. Even if Teron is injury-prone, which he is lately, they're going to, there's going to be money out there for him. And people go, well, how can, the, how can they afford this? Well, restructuring Roby's deal gives you an indicator that they're still trying to – they're still freeing up even more salary cap space. Mickey will figure it out. If they do decide to go down that road and get Deshaun Watson, they'll figure it out. If they get Watson, I would not be surprised if Teron Armstead resigns with the Saints. I wouldn't. Also, there's tons of reports coming out about Deshaun Watson that he's communicating with former teammate Will Fuller about, hey, wherever I go, you come along with me. You ride with me. Atlanta Falcons are trying to get into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. The Cleveland Browns are trying to get into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Yet, I keep hearing reports that the Saints remain the front runner. Despite the Falcons, despite the Browns, despite the Panthers, I keep getting told, I keep seeing Saints remain in the driver's seat for Deshaun Watson. We'll see if it happens. Could happen as early as today. Whew, good start today's show. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up as we broadcast live here from Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club, home of the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter. Isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club here for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross. Woo! Pro-Ams later today. Pro-Ams later today. Producer extraordinary, Hannah, five names. Are you prepared to witness the amazingness that will be me attempting to golf? That's the answer I was hoping for. Thank you. Thank you, five names. Yeah, maybe. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate you being transparent and not being fake and telling me that I'll be awesome. Yeah. That's, that was the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's an amazing plan. Good job. So, while we have a few minutes here, we're going to dive into the Astros and Carlos Correa maybe coming together. Reports are that offer is intensifying and could get very close to having a deal done there. That could be in the mix. We'll discuss that coming up 
But while we have a moment here, I just want to talk about Big Wit, Andrew Whitworth. He made it official, officially retiring yesterday. He made the announcement, just won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and just won a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. Played nearly two decades in the NFL. North Louisiana boy, won three state championships in high school. Went to LSU, was a tremendous player there. Won a national championship with LSU. And then was considered one of the best left tackles or best tackles in football, top five, top ten tackles in football, his entire career with the Cincinnati Bengals. But, of course, the Bengals never win anywhere, right? They get to the playoffs and lose. He never even experienced a playoff win. That finally happened when he signed later in his career with the Rams, helped him to one Super Bowl, which they lost, and then obviously came back and came back from a devastating injury to help them win the Super Bowl this past season. Super Bowl champion, the 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award because of the work he and his wife do with their foundation, helping the community. Four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro First left tackle to start an NFL game at age 40 in league history. Oldest offensive lineman to start ever a Super Bowl. And he started 235 games. Shout out to Big Wit. Does it on and off the field. You'll be seeing him inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. And I think he has a very good chance of being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it's going to take a little while because linemen typically do, especially here in the modern era. Your skill position guys usually get in first over the linemen here in the the modern era of the last 15 to 20 years or so. But I think Big Wit has an excellent chance to get into Canton, Ohio. Definitely going into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame for sure, especially with that resume. Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think he's got a great chance as well. So congratulations to Andrew Whitworth on a tremendous career. And the fact that he came back from the injury. You know, him and Joe Burrow rehabbed together. They started becoming friends, two former LSU guys. You know, and and look, Big Whit was already, you know, had nothing left to prove. He didn't have to come back this year. Did not have to come back this year. And at his age, usually most guys say, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm shutting it down. That's the type of injury that, that ends careers, especially once you get past the age of 35. And he decided, no, I'm going to dedicate myself. I'm going to rehab. I'm going to come back. He comes back, becomes a starter, helps the Rams win their first Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Of course, they won one before in St. Louis. But great career for Big Wit. Had to make sure to give him a shout-out this morning. we got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll put the NFL talk on hold unless breaking news happens, which we'll, of course, bring to your attention. But when we return, we're going to talk more about the Houston Astros' Carlos Correa. Can they get a deal done? It sure does appear that that's trending in that direction. That the all-star shortstop and the Strohs 
could be coming together on a new contract. It appeared that he was going to be a free agent for sure and that one of the bigger market teams was going to throw a ton of money at him. But, man, apparently his teammates are involved. They have gone to the front office. They have told them, you better sign Carlos. We need Carlos. So, we'll see if Jim Crane, the owner, is going to be able to pull this off or not. We'll talk more about that in Major League Baseball free agency frenzy next. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Now back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping countertops marble for your kitchen, your bathrooms, and your man caves. Oh, no. LMG also offers custom shower installations, including new grout-free showers. That's right. LMG is offering low-maintenance and convenient showers without the mess and odor of grout. Visit their website, lmgelite.com today. That's lmgelite.com today to learn more about all their sensational services and what products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. That's today. That's today. Go visit lmgelite.com right now. Stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford in the Jockey Lot. Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Let's go chicken on that bad boy. It's about yours truly golfing in this afternoon's Pro-Am. Salty Steve has chimed in, as he typically does. We can count on him. Salty Steve is what we call dependable, people. Dependable. Steve says, be nice to the pro you play with. He will be waiting on the amateurs on every hole. He can't get drunk, and he can't wait to finish. But he will play with a smile on his face. This ain't Happy Gilmore. Thank you, Steve. I was said more than that, by the way. <laughs> Say what now? He messaged me and he says, "What time is RP3's group tee off?" I said, "About one thirty." He goes, "Hmm, need to check in on them." <laughs> Steve, if you if you're needing help to find me on the course, just find the man who's fallen down after hitting <laughs> a bunker shot. That'll be yours truly. So, not to worry, I'll be out there. Right now, Paul, question of the day. How will yours truly fare in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am? 50% of you are now saying flaming dumpster fire. Thank you. Appreciate you. 25% say surprisingly mediocre. 25% say record-breaking performance. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. 
So, reports coming out that Carlos Correa, the all-star shortstop for the Houston Astros, who everyone believed was going to be one of the most coveted free agents on the market this offseason, could very well end up not leaving Houston. Something that I'm surprised by. I'm not going to lie to you because I thought for sure when you can hit and you have a great glove and you play shortstop and you're in the age of 30, you're getting paid. Like that's just that's a premier position in Major League Baseball and those guys typically don't last. The kid Rosenhall is reporting yesterday that the Astros plan to make a new offer to free agent shortstop Carlos Correa shortly, sources tell The Athletic. His potential return is creating significant buzz in spring training, in camp. Quote, players can't stop talking about it, end quote, one source said. Are they really going to be able to pull this off? And we talked about this. We discussed maybe some different ways that they could. Instead of having so many years attached to the contract, they could go shorter, right? Instead of it being a six, seven, eight-year deal, it could be a three-year deal with a fourth-year buy-on. And Carlos would still be young enough after that deal is completed to go become a free agent and get another big-time deal. And the Astros could pay him an enormous, enormous amount of money per year early on in the deal. Once again, I've said it before, teams prefer, would much rather prefer paying you an enormous amount of money right now than having to have that stretched out over, say, six, seven, eight years. They just do. They don't want to get burned with a massive contract that's hanging around their necks that cripples them from doing anything. See Angels with the Albert Pujols contract that they had to deal with. So that's part of it. They could make that happen. Could it be a shorter deal? Instead of that one-year deal, maybe it's like a three- or four-year deal? Possibly. Or could the Astros just say, simply step up and say, you know what, we're just going to pay him. We're just going to pay him. The team wants him. The team needs him. Can we really step away a guy that's been a foundation member of three of our teams that have made it to the World Series, helping us win a World Series championship in 2017? That's tough, man, right? That's tough to walk away from. You got Altuve locked up. You got Alex Bregman locked up, the former LSU star. You have foundation pieces. You have you have nice pieces here. You bring back Carlos Correa, you're, you're a contender. You don't bring him back, you're probably still a playoff team. I don't know if you're a contender. Maybe. But this guy has been part of it. And the other thing that I don't think gets reported on enough because we focus in on Carlos's number and we talk about war and we talk about batting average and everything else like this. The leadership that he provided during the sign-stealing scandal aftermath when Jose Altuve was too much in his head and couldn't forgot how to swing the bat. Carlos stepped up in a big way. He became kind of the big voice on that team, right? When it came to the media, he's the one that talked to the media. He's the one that said, hey, I'm, I support my guys. We didn't do this. 
you know, they can complain. And it, he was vocal about that. He was vocal about the Dodgers being critical of his teammate, of, of his, you know, fellow brother in the dugout, Jose Altuve, and others. He became outspoken, respectful, but outspoken. And what we saw in the aftermath of the sign-stealing scandal is that Carlos Correa kind of became the leader of the team. So push aside the stats and push aside what he brings to the table in that regard, which, look, he's a very immensely talented player. He's a very good player. Make no bones about it. Am I paying Carlos Correa $300 million? Probably not. Probably not. But he's a heck of a player. He's only 27 years old. Only 27. Still in the prime. Career hitter, 277. Not a big home run guy, right? Only 133 dingers. And nearly 500 RBIs, but two-time All-Star. Helped him win the World Series. Was Rookie of the Year. He's won a gold glove. Gold glove shortstop. That helps you win a World Series. That's an All-Star. And more importantly, also a big-time leader in that clubhouse. And provided leadership for the team in the last few years when it was needed more, more more than anything. When things are going right and everyone loves you and everyone loves your team, it's easy to be a leader. It's easy. The Astros became the villains the last couple years. People hated the Astros. But during the pandemic and during the fallout from the sign-stealing scandal, Carlos Correa emerged, he ascended, he became the leader the team needed. When Altuve was in his head and couldn't hit and didn't want to really speak to the media, Carlos was there. When Alex Bregman got hurt, Carlos was there. That's very valuable. Very valuable. It's the same reason why you have Braves fans freaking out because Freddie Freeman didn't get re-signed. Because he's a captain and he's a leader. That's a little bit different situation. Freddie's older. Freddie has an opportunity to make one last big payday, and this is probably going to be it. So it's not the same situation, but there are some similarities. And that value that comes from leadership, for being the guy out front, to being loyal, to protecting your guys in that clubhouse that goes a long way. So I'm not surprised to hear reports that Astros players are making their voices be heard on this and that they've gone to the owner and they've gone to the front office and they've gone to their general manager and go, hey, you need to figure this out and bring back Carlos Correa. I'm not surprised by that. Especially not after the role he took on with this team. And what he's been able to do. And how he stepped up in a big way. Not only with his play on the field as a gold glover, as an all-star. Not only that. But also by what he's been able to do off the field. And talking to the media. And it's been a hard go over the last couple of years. Yet the Astros have been able to 
overcome that, push through that. Big part of that is because of Carlos. So are you really going to step away from him? Are you probably going to have to pay if you're the Astros? Are you probably going to have to pay Carlos Correa more money than you want to? Yeah. That's what the market dictates. You have to pay for guys. There's no way around it. There just isn't. Sometimes you have to overpay for guys. It's part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. So we'll see if they get a job done. We'll see if they can make it happen or if this is just, you know, the the last-ditch desperate effort for the Astros to try to have their guy come back. We'll see. We'll see if it works. But it sure does seem like – the fact that we're even here on March 16th talking about the fact that the Astros have a legitimate chance of bringing Carlos Correa back into the fold is mind-blowing. It's an absolute – Mind-blowing accomplishment by them to even have this. To even have this be a possibility for the Strohs to have Carlos Correa be able to come back? And they'll be able to run it back again? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Some other free agent news concerning Major League Baseball. Anthony Rizzo goes back with the Yankees. Two-year, $32 million contract. The first baseman, he finished last season with the Yankees. Remember, they traded for him from the Cubs when the Cubs decided to start doing their fire sale. Agreed to a multi-year deal on Tuesday night. Two years, $32 million. Spent a decade with the Cubs. So, makes sense for the Yankees. Apparently, you know, they weren't able to get Freddie Freeman. They uh, apparently looked into that. That didn't work out, and they couldn't get Freddie Freeman's replacement in Atlanta either because they were able to poach him away from Oakland. So Rizzo stays with the Yankees. I don't know if that's a game-changing move for them. I don't know how good Rizzo still is. But if you're the Yankees, you always have you always have money to burn. Always. Good stuff. Got to take a timeout. When we come back here, though, on RP3 and Company, we will close out our number one. Possibly give you an update on the poll question of the day. Many of you are thinking that I will be crashing and burning. I can respect that. Because part of me feels like that's what I'm going to do, too. Part of me feels like the golf is going to be so poor this afternoon, by yours truly, that Danny Jones, executive director of the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, is going to come to me privately and going to go, RP, you know we love you, uh, but you're not allowed on the course anymore. Like, not even to cover the event. You can't even do your show out here. That's how poorly I think I'm going to perform today. So keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day and keep those comments coming as well. Leave them on Facebook and Twitter. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits.
Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you or your contractor that you've hired is digging a new hole, to say to put in a new fence or maybe that pool for the summertime or even some minor landscaping around the property, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out there and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Let's check in on our poll question of the day. We asked you, how do you think your boy, right here, yours truly, RP3 is going to perform today in Louisiana's Louisiana Open Pro-Am. We're on part of the afternoon Pro-Am. 50% of you say Flaming Dumpster Fire. 25% say Surprisingly Mediocre. 25% say Record-Breaking Score. Ton on Twitter has chimed in. Record-Breaking Score, 50 50 on if it's good or not. (laughs) Thank you, Ton. And he shared a gift from Caddyshack, which makes me happy. Doug says, good luck, Ray. Thank you. See, simple, straightforward words of encouragement from our guy, Doug. Coach Eric Howard says, you're going to kill it, man. Going to go out there and shoot about a 65 and have a great time, and then you'll start the back nine. <laughs> you are exactly correct. <laughs> it's a good day on the course if your boy shoots under 120 total. So, yeah, not good at this game. I'm not good at it at all. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep those comments coming as well (laughs) on Facebook and Twitter. All right, five names. You obviously are an expert when it comes to the world of golf, the sport of golf. How do you think I'm going to fare today? Um, If there was a, I guess you could say a stat, a statistic for how many balls someone can lose, you might have best one uh brian fox on facebook agrees with me he said you have record-breaking score highest score ever on the course and most (laughs) lost balls in course history so i'm siding with brian wow wow um i'm just waiting to see how many times you go to hit the ball and then you just miss it record-breaking performance (laughs) 
and five names says I will uh, set a new record for most lost balls and highest score ever in the pro am. Yep. I don't know if they keep track of those things. I mean, they could. Let's have your snorkel ready. Go oh, have, have my snorkel gear ready. Thanks, five names. You're welcome. <laughs> Got to take a timeout. I appreciate all of you believing in me today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here as we broadcast live from Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club, home of the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company as we broadcast live here from Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club, home of the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. We're going to be here all week, right? Already knocked out Monday, Tuesday. Here we are, hump day. We're here. We'll be here tomorrow and Friday as well, as will our good friend Kevin Foote in footnotes. And also, he made his debut as the host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on Monday. We let him be in the studio for a couple days. Eh, you know, don't want to throw him too much into the fire. But our new guy, new member of our team here on the game, he'll be broadcasting live today, Thursday and Friday as well from 4 to 6. So we're going to be out here for all of it. Today's a big day out here for the tournament. Going to have your press conference, which is always important to call talks with some golfers, get to hear from Danny Jones. And more, get the two Pro-Amps today as well. Of course, I am taking part in the afternoon one. How bad is it going to be? How bad is it going to be? That's what we want to know from you. That's our poll question of the day, actually. Because I'm playing in the Pro-Am this afternoon. Hopefully, we'll be paired up with someone who will not be just the worst, just the like the worst golfer you've ever seen. Hopefully, hopefully, that's what's going to happen. We'll be saved by somebody else, and I won't be quite the anchor around our team's neck today, this afternoon at the Pro-Am. That's our poll question of the day. How will RP3 fare in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am? 57% of you say flaming dumpster fire. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your honesty. Appreciate your honesty. 24% of you say record-breaking score. Once again, record-breaking score does not necessarily mean a good thing. You could break records that are bad records, too, just to remind you. And then 19% of you say surprisingly mediocre. 
keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. We let off today's show talking about the news involving the New Orleans Saints. Marcus Williams, the safety. Remember, he was not franchise tagged. Well, he signs a $70 million deal to go play for the Baltimore Ravens. They're trying to improve their defense and trying to get back to being a possible contender. So they give a five-year, $70 million deal to Marcus Williams. The Saints, though, don't waste much time. They go sign Jets safety, Marcus May. That's right, you're still going to have a Marcus in the secondary. Marcus May, they bring him in. And he's going to be essentially replacing Marcus Williams. Now, they're two different players. Their styles are different, right? Williams is more one high safety. May is more of a thumper. Likes to have that contact. He has a little bit of plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But obviously Dennis Allen, the head coach, former defensive coordinator, believes that he's a good fit, that he can fit easily into their system. So that's part of it. And here's the other part of it. You sign Marcus May to a three-year deal that's only worth $28.5 million. So you're not breaking the bank on a starting safety. On top of that, the other big surprise news coming out of New Orleans yesterday involving the Saints was the fact that Brandon Roby, who they got from the Houston Texans last year, didn't really make that much of an impact, right? We didn't think he was uh, all that good of a fit. He couldn't get onto the field that much. Uh, Adebo, the rookie out of Stanford, played better and actually got more snaps and more reps than, than Brandon Roby did. And we fully expected, as did Saints beat reporters, that the Saints would essentially cut Roby and free up about $9 million in salary cap space to allow them more flexibility to trade for players, to sign players or draft or even sign their own guys that they're going to draft this year. Well, we all get caught surprised yesterday afternoon when it's announced that the Saints have given Roby an extension that helps even free up more salary cap space. So instead of just cutting him, they decided, hey, this is a guy that can play in our system. We're not going to break the bank on it. We'll give him an extension that'll allow us to have even more salary cap space this year. And now we just have an extra defensive back. So intriguing. That definitely was intriguing there, some of the moves that the Saints are making. And then, of course, the rumors continue to ramp up about Deshaun Watson. Is he going to be in the black and gold? We find out yesterday, live on the air, when Kevin was on, we broke the news to you that the Atlanta Falcons were aggressively pursuing Deshaun Watson. And... That obviously would mean they would have to trade Matt Ryan to them and in picks and everything. So Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons, and then we find out that the Cleveland Browns had a meeting. Also, we find out that the Texans were not taking any meetings or weren't going to have Deshaun meet with anyone because the Texans understand what's at stake here. They understand that it's in their best interest to move on from Deshaun Watson and to trade him. That relationship's kind of frayed. So they're actually kind of all in all working together here, which sounds a weird thing to say, especially how tense the relationship had gotten between Deshaun and the front office of the Houston Texans. But they both understand 
Deshaun getting what he wants, they can get what they want. Everybody's on kind of the same page here. But I saw yesterday that you had to present your trade proposals to the Texans first. And then those proposals, if they signed off on those packages. So the Saints had to present one. Panthers had to present one. Browns had to present one. And um, apparently the Falcons have. Only then did the Texans say, okay, we would accept this deal. This is good enough to get your foot in the door. Now we're going to pass this along to Deshaun and see who he would like to meet with. So this is how that's kind of surprising, right? Once again, it appears that Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are working together here to make sure to get him traded elsewhere, which is surprising. I, I'm I, especially as bad as the relationship had gotten between the two. So you had to present your plan. You're, you had to make your pitch essentially to the Texans first. Then if they said, okay, that's good, then it got to Deshaun, and then Deshaun decides who he wants to meet with. But reports are that the New Orleans Saints are still the front runner. Even with the Falcons expressing interest, the Saints are still the front runner. Apparently Carolina is in the mix, but not as much as a lot of us thought they would be. Deshaun having played at Clemson, Carolina is the type of team and the type of franchise, and more importantly, that the fan base would not even care about all the stuff going on with Deshaun for the most part, and they would just welcome him and, and be done with it. So, but the Saints are still the front runners. But what are the Saints going to have to give up to get Deshaun? Put, a, put aside the off-the-field issues. Put aside that some Saints fans, and more than some, feel uncomfortable with even having Deshaun Watson on the team. Others do not. So just, just put all the off-the-field stuff. We've already talked about that this week. Put all that aside. How do you swing? How do you, how do you, how do you get him? That's the question. Because we know from reporting that the Houston Texans are not backing off on what they want. They want multiple first-round draft picks and players. So if you're the Saints, okay, you can give up the picks, and you believe if you get Deshaun Watson, you're going to be in the playoffs, so you're going to be low in the draft order anyway, so that first-round pick's more, more than likely going to be more like a second-rounder, right? Okay. Let's say I'm with you on that. Give up three first-rounders and probably a second. That's that's probably bare minimum. And I would anticipate two players, at least two players. Now, lots of rumblings about Eric McCoy. Okay? Could you give up Eric McCoy? I know Saints fans would like to have them give up Cesar Ruiz. That, that's, not, that's not happening. No one's going to take that guy in a trade right now because they saw how poorly he played last year. So he hurt his draft stock. So that's why you bring in Doug Marone to fix him. That's one of the reasons why they brought him in. Not, not only because he's a good O-line coach and he's familiar with the Saints having coached there before and he has a relationship with Dennis Allen, it, he was also brought in to fix Cesar Ruiz. But you could trade Eric McCoy, who's entering the last year of his rookie deal. Well, that's very appealing to, say, a team like the Texans because you can get a starting center who's entering the last year of his deal you could probably extend him, get him under contract if you like him a lot, 
and do it fairly affordable. Plus, he's still on his rookie deal. And remember, Eric McCoy was a second-round draft pick, so his contract is not massive. So you're definitely going to have to give up one of your linemen. Who's going to play center for you? That's a big question mark. Do you move Ruiz over to play center? Maybe that's where more naturally he needs to be. So there's a lot of a lot of pieces there. But if whatever the plan is for the Saints, they're going to have to give up a lot. Once again, put aside the off-the-field stuff. Which, by the way, if you think for a moment, a moment, that the commissioner of the National Football League, Mr. Roger Goodell, is going to do the Saints any favors and not suspend Deshaun Watson after they trade for him, you're crazy. You're crazy. They suspended Big Ben for allegations that were less than what Deshaun Watson has. Guarantee you he's getting suspended. So not only are you going to trade a guy and you're going to have to give up three first-round picks and probably a second-round pick and probably at least one, if not two, starters. He's also going to be suspended. He's also going to be suspended. He's going to be suspended, guys. I'm telling you, he is going to be suspended. Does not matter that the grand jury decided not to charge him. Once again, that does not mean that he's innocent. It just means that there was no charges filed. And also, guys have been suspended for violating the integrity policy of the NFL by Roger Goodell for far, far, far less. Make no bones about it. Goodell and the NFL front office isn't going to do the New Orleans Saints any favors whatsoever. And they will more than happy, would be more than happy to bring down a suspension on Deshaun Watson after he's traded to the New Orleans Saints. So, make no bones about it. Make no bones about it. So, will this happen? Will this happen? Keep getting told, keep seeing reports that a decision about Deshaun Watson is going to be made. Possibly, this was yesterday evening, Deshaun Watson situation could be fixed, could be resolved within 24 hours. So we could find out today, while we're out here at Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club, that Deshaun Watson has been moved. Where he's going to be moved to, once again, the Saints remain the front runners here. Does that mean that they're going to get him? No, it's not what that means. But they're still in the mix. Falcons are trying to make a pitch. Carolina's trying to make a pitch. Cleveland trying to make a pitch. That did not go over too well with Baker Mayfield, who pinned this very lengthy social media post about Cleveland and about playing for the Browns and being a professional and even used his middle name. And it's just like, well, that sure does seem like that's uh, that that's ended and that's going to be ending um, no matter what for Cleveland in what they do. But I digress. Also, Lots of buzz about Deshaun having some players join him wherever he goes. Like like, like a recruitment. Like, hey guys, I'm going to go over here. If I come over, you, you want to come? You want to sign with me? One of those guys being wide receiver Will Fuller. Guess who needs a wide receiver? Guess who needs a wide receiver? Oh, that's right, the New Orleans Saints do. Interesting. Just something to keep in mind. But don't... Sleep on the Dirty Birds. Don't sleep on the Falcons. Remember Terry Fondo? 
worked in the front office with Mickey Loomis for all those years in New Orleans. You know who's running the front office now for the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, it'd be Terry Fonda. Not surprised at whatsoever that Terry is trying to get Deshaun Watson and change his team and the way his team looks. So, we'll see. We'll see if Deshaun Watson gets moved today. Some people believe that it's going to happen. We'll keep you posted if anything does break while we're live on the air. But right now, we got to take a timeout. Start of hour two has been good. As you see, the sun is starting to pop up. Players are arriving here for the morning pro-am at the Chittimacho Louisiana Open presented by Mistross here at Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club. So, we'll see. I wonder if there's anyone in this morning group that is as awful at golf as I am. There's got to be at least one, right? There's got to be at least one, maybe two guy that just here is happy. Hey, I'm part of the Pro-Am. Look at me. I can't hit the ball off the tee box. Hopefully that won't be just yours truly, RP3. <laughs> just say it. Hopefully it won't be. Some more comments here on our poll question of the day. Uh, Robert Duplachan says, good luck, brother. But, oh, and he shared the gif of the, the, the dumpster fire. Shared the gif of the dumpster fire. And Salty Steve has chimed in. No one dislikes Deshaun Watson, wants to bag on Deshaun Watson more than, than Salty Steve. Steve, do I think he's a great quarterback? No. Do I think he's better than a lot of guys that are starting in the NFL? Yes. Do I believe he's like a Kirk Cousins, maybe a little above a Kirk Cousins? Yep. And teams are going to be desperate. We, we, Steve, you know this. Teams are desperate for quarterbacks. There's guys that get drafted every single year like Paxton Lynch that have no business being drafted in the first round because teams are desperate for quarterbacks. So you shouldn't be surprised that Deshaun Watson is being fought over and coveted the way he is. Plain and simple. Got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company, though, coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... I'm ready for love. Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. If you haven't joined the game clubhouse, become a member of our rewards club, you need to do so today. First of all, it's simple. Even I could figure it out. Second of all, it's easy. And, oh, by the way, it's free. It's free. It's free to join. Simply go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Click on the rewards club tab. 
you sign up, you become a member. Here's the thing. You earn points by becoming just a member. I, we just give them away. Just you, you, you need points? Boom. You got them. Boom. Just like that. You earn points, and once you do that, you'll have the opportunity to earn a chance to win free stuff, great stuff, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. That's right. Fine dining. You can take out your lady. Maybe you can take out, you know, birthday. Want to celebrate there? You can do that. Great, delicious, mouth-watering Gulf Coast seafood at Half Shell Oyster House. We have a $50 gift certificate. It's got your name on it, but you can only win it. You can only score it by becoming a member of our Clubhouse Rewards. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you'll have that chance to score that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Let's talk a little McNeese Cowboys and Cowgirls, shall we? Baseball took care of business last night. They took on Columbia. Usually when you face a Ivy League school, what I call one of the smarties, you usually do fairly well. <laughs> they defeated Columbia yesterday. 7-2 to two there at the Joe. Starting pitcher Chance Stone posted a career best eight strikeouts in the win. McNeese will now host the Raging Cajuns tonight at Joe Miller Ballpark. First pitch is set for 6 o'clock. This is always a good game, traditionally speaking. You know, obviously there's the, you know, the obvious connection with Tony Robichaux having be the skipper at both schools and having an immense amount of success leading both schools to unprecedented success on the diamond. And they're old I-10 rivals. And the fan bases get fired up. The Cajun fans travel to Lake Charles to see a game there and vice versa. So this is going to be a good midweek contest for... McNeese and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And for the Cowboys, they're a young team. And they lost some considerable members, players from last year's team that went to the NCAA Regional. And they're trying to work through it, right? It's still early in the season. They haven't got to conference play yet. And one of the big things is the bullpen. And they've had some complications with their bullpen and how to utilize their bullpen. And skipper Justin Hill discussed that at his press conference on Monday. Well, we kind of knew that the, the Southern game was going to be a little bit of a bullpen game. We kind of knew that coming in. You know, I think good start on both sides of the ball is critically important. And trying to get a lead as quickly as important as, as quickly as you can is really important if you're going to try to bullpen a game because, you know, how, how you deploy your resources that you have um, and those guys out of the bullpen kind of changes. You know, hey, I know this guy's going to throw, but maybe he needs to throw in this inning, you know, versus keeping the lead versus keeping it close. So, yeah, I, I do think that that could certainly be us. I think we've got some guys that are really effective first time, first time out, one time through the order. You know, I, we're start, we're learning a whole lot about our, our, our team and, and, and a lot of good things, uh, especially pitching staff-wise. I'm excited for this week. I think some guys that haven't pitched that have been kind of chomping at the bit, been working, they're going to get a chance to go do it. And it's one of those like, hey, man, I, I got to have you. Let's go. We got to have you. Uh, and so I'm excited to see those guys and, and uh, kind of see where we go from that. So – this is just growing pains for a team that's a little young. And sometimes 
a guy will get roughed up in a game and loses his confidence. Sometimes the team will have to deal with injuries and other guys step up. But a lot of times this is an opportunity for somebody else to kind of seize it and show the staff exactly what they're made of. And sometimes coaches will tell you they don't know what they have until they're put in that situation. And I think you're seeing that a little bit with the McNeese baseball team. They're kind of finding their way. And, you know, we heard from Coach Deggs earlier in the week, the Raging Cajun baseball coach, and he said he said uh, that team, you know, down I-10, that, that that's going to be a heck of a team in the Southland Conference. And I, I told you yesterday, I expect all three of the teams that we cover, LSU, Raging Cajuns, and the McNeese Cowboys, I expect all three of them to be in a regional. I, I just do. I think they have the talent – and they have the coaching, which is key to that as well. Now, McNeese's schedule is, well, it's complicated a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Especially heading up to uh, Easter, you look at their schedule and you're just like, whew, man, it's a bit of a bear. And Coach Hill talked about just how complicated their schedule is heading into the Easter holiday. Yeah, I think it would change – probably changes a lot. You, you try to get your double midweek games out before conference play if you can, because the way that, you know, all schedules are set up, you're going to have to play uh, either a double midweek or double header in, in the non-conference play to get your 56 in. Uh, and with us moving the uh, postseason up an extra week, we, we kind of had to shorten a few things as well. So we, we've had a, the four games on a weekend and a midweek, and then we had a, you know, double midweek. And then actually after Easter, we have a double midweek. It's just a little un, uncommon uh, double midweek because we'll play on Monday, be off on Tuesday. Th- that's uh, the weekend before Easter is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be off Sunday, then we'll play on Monday. So, so for them, yeah, the the the, the postseason tournament got moved up a week, so they're going to be in kind of a weird spot where it's not as normal as it typically is. And I mean, and you look at their schedule heading into. Easter. I mean, this week, okay, they're going to take on Raging Cajuns tonight over at the Joe. Then they're hosting Eastern Illinois for a three-game series this weekend. Then it's at Stephen F. Austin next Tuesday. Then they begin official Southland Conference play March 25th, 26th, and 27th when Houston Baptist comes to town. But then you have those midweek games that are still popping up there. Southern, Prairie View, A&M, another trip this time to Lafayette for the Raging Cajuns. So, a little bit of a hairy schedule, and Southern has is traditionally been a pretty good baseball program as well. So it's not going to get any easier for Justin Hill's team, but they're progressing nicely. They're getting better. They'll have a tough test tonight. It should be a heck of a ball game. Once again, Raging Cajuns at the Menise Cowboys at the Joe Joe Miller Ballpark there in Lake Charles tonight. First pitch is set for six o'clock. That should be a heck of a ball game. We got to take a timeout. When we return, our first guest of today's show will join us, the Mad Dog, Ron Higgins, award-winning columnist for Tiger Details, will join us talking all things LSU. That's next right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Company as we broadcast live from Lake Charles Golf and Country Club here because it's the home for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross. We're here all week as we are every single year. 
not only yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, but Kevin Foote and footnotes. If Carlos Correa news breaks during the show, Kevin possibly could have a mild stroke on the air. So I will make sure uh, the EMTs, which are right next door, by the way, uh, Katie and Ambulance is parked right beside us here on the golf course. Thankfully, they're on standby. We'll also have our new guy, Matt Miguez. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh will be starting to broadcast out here starting today. So we're thrilled to be out here broadcasting. Sun is starting to pop up. The morning pro-am is about to begin. The afternoon pro-am will feature yours truly. And that's our poll question of the day. Um, how will RP3 fare in today's Louisiana pro-am? never golfed in a pro-am before. My golfing skills are terrible. If you ever seen a giraffe drunk? trying to walk that's pretty much how i am with a golf club in my hand um and i doubt my time on the range earlier this week is going to improve what's going to happen later today right now 58 percent of you say it's going to be a flaming dumpster fire i appreciate your honesty thank you 23 percent say a record-breaking score and 19 percent of you say surprisingly mediocre i'm gunning for surprisingly mediocre is my goal right now we're about to bring on somebody who's never mediocre always excellent the mad dog himself. It's time for us to talk with Ron Higgins. Ron, good morning, bud. How are you, bud? I'm good. Two things. If if Kevin Foot falls over at that golf tournament from shock or whatever, is that called an unplayable lie? <laughs> and secondly, secondly, your poll question probably need another category that uh, uh, something like sent less than 10, 10 spectators to the hospital after being hit with golf balls because I know <laughs> if I, because I know if I play that would be my biggest fear of, uh, of of hitting somebody because of my my natural left to right slice when I hit the ball so yeah I'd say that so but you know what big ups to you that the guts enough to play one of those things uh, I've never been invited to one if I did uh I don't know how I'd play. I, I'm usually pretty good in in, in uh, when somebody, I'm playing with somebody else and we can count their shots, you know, most of the time. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, praying, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that the people that I'm golfing with today are uh, good. And especially when I, when, I, when I play with somebody younger because it's like I played I play one time in the Liberty Bowl tournament they had with me, and my three partners were all like 20 years younger than me. And they were like – you know, set me up for eagle putts on par fives. You know, like, like you know, they would hit the ball and they'd go, okay, now it's your turn. I said, I said, I don't want to waste my swing on this because I'm not going to get near where you are. So let's just advance on. So anyway, <laughs> let's just move on. Let's just move on. He says, uh, all right, bud. Midweek games. I know they don't mean a lot, especially for LSU fans, but the two lane series is always a good one, right? Yeah. And they win. Last night wasn't pretty at times, but they got the job done. What do you make of what you've seen from Jay Johnson's team so far to this point? Well, they I think they've improved because they're at least they're not bouncing throws to first base. Um, that's a that's a huge that's a huge improvement for this team. For I mean, the first few weeks of the season, I was just absolutely appalled. You know. Why, you know, why is Trey Morgan a hockey goalie over there? I mean, my God, at first base, why can't these people make a throw on a simple ground ball to first base? They've improved that. Their batting's improved. 
Their pitching's kind of, I mean, it's gotten better, but it's kind of up in the air because, you know, Blake Money hurt his wrist and he's her opening night starter. I don't know if he'll start this week or not. I thought they've, I thought they've gotten better, but still just, uh, and I know it's random stuff, but, you know, you're, you put a pitcher in the game last night, he does his job, he gets two outs, and then they, they drop a fly ball out, two runs in, and all of a sudden it's a game again. That's the that's type of stuff you can't mistake, you can't make against the SEC team, because they'll just kill you. So we'll see. It's a big weekend here. We have, you know, with it takes an in the series. We get LSU women's basketball uh, here this weekend, uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, it's really, it's really set up for them to go to the Sweet 16 when you host a uh, a regional like this, most of the time it's set up for the home team to go to the Sweet 16, and it certainly is. Um, will everybody be healthy? I don't, they don't know yet, but it's still they could get to the Sweet 16 without full health. And uh, LSU's men's basketball has been kind of written off by everybody like they're going to lose their first game. I'm not so sure about that, even with Will Wade getting fired. Uh, kids are pretty resilient. Uh, they'll, and listen, man, last time they, they went out and, you know, won two games and got in the Sweet 16. The, the bracket's not set up that way for them this time. It's not it's not as easy. Uh, and they were a higher seed then. So, yeah, I, I, I think they can win one, but it's, still it's not going to be easy who they're playing. So, I mean, just total, kind of, kind of a total opposite in, in, in as far as styles. Ron, let's talk about the men's basketball team. I agree with you because you and I were there in Nashville three years ago when they lost in the SEC tournament to Florida. They were upset, and Will Wade wasn't there. And yet that team who had to answer all the questions when Will wasn't there to answer them, including Javante Smart answering questions from Pat Forty and others, we were there in that in that conference room uh, for the media availability after the game, that team still went on a run to the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. without their coach. Now, this year's team is not as nearly as talented, as deep as that team was. But I don't buy this whole they're going to lose to Iowa State. I actually think, actually feel that they're going to play inspired and they're going to beat Iowa State. I could see them winning their first round game. Now, beating Wisconsin and Milwaukee, that's entirely a different scenario. But this team has the talent, and this team tends to rally around their coach. Everyone else may be upset and happy that he got fired. They're not. I could see them playing hard and winning their first-round game. Oh, they're going to play hard just from a pride standpoint. They're not going to go out there and, and lay down. I think that's – if that happened, I'd be stunned. I mean, that's one thing about this team. It, it is resilient. It, I mean, everybody's everybody's healthy. Uh and I, I think everybody wants to, you know, go as far as they can in this thing. Uh, honestly, if I, I think they get past the first round, I know it's Wisconsin-Milwaukee, but it's one of those things where you just, I don't know, you have a feeling they could, you know, the, the Wisconsin's not so far out of reach that you can't beat them. Right. Uh, look, L, look, if LSU can beat Kentucky once and then play them down to the wire the second time, I mean, they're relatively close, uh, and, you know, beat Tennessee – I mean, they, they've beat teams better than Wisconsin, basically. If they can, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not writing this team off, and I'm not writing off this because you know that Will got fired. Uh, LSU followed the contract and the letter of the law. I mean, and that's what I what I wrote was that Will had to know the day he signed the amendment 
to his contract that the clock was ticking. That, yeah, yeah, he was done. There's no way that he didn't think yeah. that it was going to that it was going to end any other way. Yeah, yeah, and the clock was ticking. So I'm gonna ride this thing out as long as I can. Uh, LSU's been fried in, by national media because you know what you should have fired him on the spot. Well, that's such a bunch of crap. You can't fire a guy because of what you hear on the FBI tape. It's, I mean, okay, you hear this, but you can't fire a guy unless you have tangible proof in your hand. And they went through the process, okay? The, it, it, I mean, is it, and they went through the process. Is it LSU's fault that NCAA took two, year, or two or three years to get it done? No. I mean, but you can't fire a guy just on what you hear on the FBI tape. You have to have tangible proof in your hand. You can't hear this guy talk about it. Show me something. So the NCAA went and got it and showed him something. And obviously, it wasn't. Uh, it was enough to, by the letter of the contract, to get him fired. Would have got him fired during the NIL? Probably not, because he wouldn't have had to, wouldn't have had to go behind closed doors and do as much. But timing is everything. Uh, and now they move on and, and they get in this tournament. Then they, they uh, I would say they have a coaching search, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Scott Warwood has been preparing for this for, you know, since he got here. Since he was and, hired. An idea of who he wants and, and, and see if he can get him. What stood out to you about the notice of allegations? And once we got the information, got access to it, just how extensive it was. I mean, he used his wife's checking account to pay a, an ex-fiance of a former player. Like, like you I mean, can't make this stuff up, Ron. I mean, for me, it was kind of like deja vu because I covered, you know, Memphis State back in the day when they had Dana Kirk as coach. Oh, yeah. And when it, you know, eventually the, they, they got him on tax evasion and he, and he blamed his wife for you know, not filing the taxes correctly. So, and of course they got divorced. Uh, but everybody might remind me of that. You know, that that was out of all the stuff that, I, like you, you know, I looked at me, read it. That's the one that stood out the most. I mean, that was clearly trying to skirt the rules or hide something. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I'm just... I don't know how, I mean, I guess he, he must handle the checkbook. I guess he must, because, you know, you know, honey, what's this $5,000 or so? And so what is that? Oh, that's, you know, I mean, you know, I just, Ugh. that was, that was, that was the worst part of it all. And so, uh, will but, but Woodward guess, be able to get a high quality coach, a big name coach to come take over a program that's more than likely going to be facing postseason ban and scholarship reductions yeah i think he, i think what you do is you kind of look for a guy who's had to rebuild a program or step into a bad situation like that who's written who's mm. who's done it before uh and the person that, 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 that this stands out to me i mean if he's going to go after somebody like that who's high quality who's rebuilt that i'm thinking i'm and 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 has an lsu connection in a, in a way that i don't know people may not be aware is scott drew of baylor uh, he's had he had to rebuild a, a train wreck, and uh, of course his dad was Dale Brown's first assist, assistant. Homer Drew was one of Dale's first two assistants he had at LSU. Um, Scott, I think, was an LSU ball boy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's a connection. I mean, look, 
I mean, if Scott Woodward goes in and gets, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the guy, this is just me talking. This is my theory. Okay. If he, if he goes in and gets Scott Drew, that Scott from Baylor, that, that, that Scott Woodward will never be allowed inside the Waco, Texas city limits ever again. They'll have his name up in a post office. This guy's stealing all of our coaches. Uh, but Chip that, and Joanna Gaines will build a wall made out of shiplap to keep them out of Waco, is, Texas. But that's the that's the guy personally I would go after first because I know he's been through. I mean, it took over a, a, a tough situation and built that program and built it to a really really good basketball team. Uh, a team, by the way, I don't know if people know this that uh, a team that LSU this LSU team beat this year in a preseason scrimmage behind closed doors. Uh, so that's, that's you, I think you'd almost have to go somebody like that who understands what they're getting into because they've right. been through before. Real quick, I only got about 30 seconds, Mad Dog. The women, they're going to be hosting on Saturday. Then, of course, if they win, they'll host again on Monday. When we talk next week, will Kim Mulkey's team be in the Sweet 16? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they've, been, they've been Sweet 16. Uh, you know, if they're even if they're not at full strength, they can get through this thing. And uh, but if they want to advance beyond that. They got to get everybody well. And but yeah, it, it, most of the time when you when you reholster regional, you're good enough to you're, you're good enough to win it. You rarely don't win a, a, the first or second round in your, in your home because it's set up for you that way. Uh, so yeah, they'll be. Uh, uh, they'll be standing next week. I don't know if Kevin Foot will, but they'll be standing there next <laughs> Mad Dog, appreciate you, Tom, as always, brother. We'll talk to you next week, bud. Hit him kind of straight. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to try my best, man. I'm going to try I'm, my I'm, best. I'll be sweating all afternoon for you now. I know that it's kind of doggy, man. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in in all the action before the first team tips off this Thursday. That's tomorrow. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win, and you will get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If you win, if they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 and older to play. Physically present in Louisiana. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Our guy Tyler, Tyler Dalbon, says, Try to do better than my score in high school at Opelousas' Indian Hills. I scored an 82, by the way, which is about average at best. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate those words of encouragement. Let's check in on the results, though, shall we? 
because it may not be encouraging. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to be encouraging whatsoever. 58% of you say I will how I will fare in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am in the afternoon. 58% of you say it will be a flaming dumpster fire. 24% say it will be a record-breaking score. And 18% of you say surprisingly mediocre. I'm gunning for surprisingly mediocre. <laughs> I'm going to keep our fingers crossed, keep our toes crossed, and hope I don't embarrass myself and hope our good friend Danny Jones allows me to come back on the course to cover the event because I love this tournament. <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to be hoping for. Oh, man, that's going to do it for hour number two. Hour number three, oh, it's going to start off well. We're going to talk more golf with my friend Kevin Price. He covers the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, writes a ton of great stories, posts together, puts together videos. He's covered this event for years. Kevin's going to join us, going to break it all down, talk a little golf. That's next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company as we're broadcasting live from Lake Trinoff Golf and Country Club Woo. for the Chinamacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross. Morning Pro-Am is about to start here. Seen a plenty of activity out here on the golf course. Of course, there'll be another Pro-Am this afternoon, which I'm a part of. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for sure how that occurred. Someone asked me, and I think I was busy, and I said, sure. And then I realized, oh, God, what have I done? What have I done? It, it forced me to hit the range a couple of times earlier this week just so I don't embarrass myself. At least I'm going to embarrass myself. We know this. <laughs> we, we know this. Just hopefully I won't embarrass myself too badly. Poll question of the day is how will your boy RP3? Fair in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am. 58% of you have chimed in saying flaming dumpster fire. Appreciate your candor. 24% say record-breaking performance. It doesn't say if that's good or bad. Or 18% says surprisingly mediocre. That's what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for surprisingly mediocre, not to fall down into a water hazard and end the day with at least a few golf balls to take home. That's I have low standards. Low standards. Keep voting on our poll question of the day, and leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Right now, it's time to us talk more about this event, this great tournament here in South Louisiana, and we're also going to talk about the PGA Tour with our next guest. 
Oh, you know, he's been coming out here for years. He's not out here this week because he's big time now. He's big time now. Oh, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no. But uh, oh. he is the associate editor in PGA Tour digital content. He is also a proud Western New York native. And one day he's going to break 80. <laughs> I wish I could break 80 too, but it's our old friend. One and only Kevin Price. Kevin, good morning to you, bud. How are you, bud? I am doing great, RP3. You're, and it's amazing to hear you're playing in the Pro-Am. Wow. Is this your first time playing in the Pro-Am? Yes. It's the first time playing in a Pro-Am at all. I'm a little nervous, bud. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. How's your game? Not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. So, so, so I, I told this earlier. I golfed one year in high school. A buddy of mine was big in golf. He lived behind a golf course, so we'd always go mess around on the golf course. This is when I lived in central Illinois. And I played on the golf team at Casey Westfield High School. Shout out to Casey Westfield High School. And there, I do believe there was 18 guys on the team. I was 17th. The only reason why I wasn't 18th is because the 18th guy had was uh, physically handicapped. So that tells you what I bring to the table. I love the game. Kev, I do. I love I love to play, and I have moments where I hit a great shot, but mm-hmm. my game is not good. My game is That's not good. That's all you need. One good shot. Who's your playing partner? Do you know? Do you know who you're paired with? Well, we, we had a contest, so it's myself and another gentleman that works for Delta Media, and then we had a man win a spot, and then our pro is one of our sponsors. So, so we, we don't have anyone from the Corn Ferry Tour. <laughs> okay. So you can, in that regard, you won't embarrass yourself or worry of embarrassing yourself and thinking of the pros. No, because I've played in a couple of pro-ams and I, I get quite nervous. There was one time Darren Clark was on the, you know, the Ryder Cup captain, major champ, was on oh, the yeah. tee, like the 17th hole at one in Abaco in the Bahamas. They were nice enough to let me play one year and he was just roasting my swing. I mean, I have a weird move, a little hitch. It goes upright. Think Jim Furyk, but not anywhere near as coordinated or balanced. And he told me it was the worst golf swing he's ever seen. So that, you know, that, that coming in, in all, all in good fun, but it, it being in the limelight, putting it up there with the pros is quite its own experience, but, but you'll have a good time. It's awesome. And, and the food out there today is just, I mean, it's, the best food on tour. It's, it's the best food day on tour. Everyone talks about it. PGA tour pros remember it, you know, when they think about the corn Ferry tour and coming back and just the collection of mock shoe and ribs and pork and seasonings. And we, we love it. We love it. Yeah. The, we went last night, my wife and I, uh, we represented the station. We went to uh, the great event that they had the uh, taste of the South event and they had it at park international and uh oh man oh man i just they they i I had some i said barbecue bacon wrapped burnt ends and there was corn machu and there was jambalaya and meat pies all i uh it was it was our cheat day we're on a diet so last night was our cheat was was our cheat day for the wife and i i would need i would need two weeks to uh (laughs) get back down to where I entered the week after after the Taste of Lafayette. It's it's an iconic night. My, my first time there in 2015, 
it was when I was moving to Florida. I had my car full of stuff. I drove from Buffalo, stopped in Lafayette, was traumatic ethos. And they're like, yeah, there's this taste of the South party. I'm like, what in the world? I go there and it's all these booths. And I, I was a kid in the candy store in all sense of, of the word. I, I did not think it was a real place. So it, it's I, I miss it there. I, w- I wish I, I wish I was there this year. It's all. Not the well, same but, this time of year, you know, the biorhythms and March Madness first week. If that reminds me to fill out my bracket. There it is. Out, it all comes out quick with the players having ended on Monday, Monday finish and all this sneaking up. But no, it's it's a great tournament down there, one of the best on the Corn Ferry Tour. And I, I miss it for sure. It's not the same. Let's talk let's talk a little bit about that because look, you've been here, you've covered it from start to finish for, for multiple years step aside away from like the food and the culture and the hospitality the course here at Le Triomphe wind always plays a factor there's a certain there's a there's a few even a handful of holes that always wreck someone's day right from mm-hmm. someone who covers this sport and has covered this event multiple times what are the challenges Le Triomphe Golf and Country Club presents for these golfers that are going to be competing in the tournament this week so I think you touched on it. Like you said, there's a couple holes on the back nine that as you're playing, you always kind of think about that, those 13th and 14th, just with the water and the firmness in the trees, you can get in trouble quickly. You can make big numbers in a hurry. And I think, you know, throughout the course in general, it's not the most penal tor- course off the tee per se. There's, you know, there is rough, but it's not usually grown out as much as some other courses, but th- there is, so there is room to hit it, but the firmness and traditionally, I mean, the weather is always a year to year thing, but traditionally it can be tough to hold greens from certain angles. And we, when you have to carry it over some bunkers, just cause you can get kind of some unique lies and the bounce. And it's yep. similar to on uh, our course in Panama, the Panama championship. So players get a little taste of that. Not quite as extreme as Panama, but it always keeps you on your, your toes, you know, for not, not one of the longest courses in the world the winning score a lot of years doesn't go too much further than 13, 14 under at, you know, and then years it can get in that 20 under range, but it, you know, it's, it's a good test to golf. It tests your distance control with your irons and kind of, you have to hit different types of shots in to hold the greens. And like you said, with the wind, it can at times pose more of a challenge as well. So, so definitely not, not one of the tougher courses on the corn Ferry tour, I wouldn't say, but definitely in that middle range that you have to, you have to play well. Like, like if you're not, if you're not playing well, you're going to shoot over par. You're going to find some trouble. You can't quite fake it, but there's enough short holes and enough room off the tee. You can get, you can get away with some wayward shots for, at certain times based on the certain holes, but not always. I'll never forget speaking back to the pro-am day uh, a few years ago. I've probably told this story on here, but one of the players, Curtis Thompson hooked his drive, and it smashed the windshield of my rental car, which was quite I the tale. I was in the car. So I, I thought like I was being attacked. And I went back to Avis and we have a great policy and it all, it all was good. I didn't have to pay any money out of pocket, but he had to sign a form as a witness. And now he's on the PGA tour. He's on, he's a PGA tour rookie. And then that was five years ago. at Le Keep Trion. the ball. So did, did you keep the I, ball? I did keep the ball. I did keep the ball. Yep. Yes. It's a great, it's a great souvenir. That's a great conversation a great starter. I, oh, it's awesome. I should have had him sign it. I don't think I ever had him sign it. I need to, that's a you, you need, you need to make that happen, bud. 
Who do you like in the field this week? So, I mean, you got the defending champ, Roberto Diaz, who, you know, his game is suits Latrioff very well. It was his yep. first win on the PGA Tour or Corn Ferry Tour and kind of, you know, he's a seasoned vet. He's a good iron player, good shot shaper. So I think, um, I mean, he hasn't been playing the best, but I think just that familiar turf and he's a guy who kind of thrives in environments that make him feel comfortable and lets his talent shine out and he's able to get out of his, um, out of his own way and just play free. And I think this is, I think being defending champ will do a lot for him. Also Ben Griffin, um, who's top three on the points list. He's had a great, it's crazy. He was a, um, loan officer. He was a pro, he was a good college player at North Carolina and then played the mini tours and then stepped away from the game for a year or so to work in the quote unquote real world doing mortgage loans and stuff. And there was one day he was telling the story a couple of weeks ago, he was driving to work in absent-minded daydreaming, ended up at the golf course. And he was like, I, I have to, I have to go back to professional golf. So he switched gears, made it back through the qualifying tournament last fall and he just killed it two consecutive weeks. He finished one back of a um, playoff in Bogota and at the Lee Compton Coast Classic in Florida. And then the next day he goes and gets into a 16 for one playoff at a PGA Tour Monday qualifier and misses. So <laughs> he's been just on the door, knocking, knocking, knocking. So this could be the week for Ben Griffin to break through. And then, of course, you got Akshay, Badia teenage you know teenage sensation just turned 20 he um turned pro at age 17 or so and took a couple years to get his feet wet got some pga tour sponsor exemptions didn't quite pan out like he might have hoped but you know hum kind of humbled back to the mini tours and earned his spot back on the corn Ferry tour for this year and then won in the bahamas great exuma classic with his girlfriend on the bag and he's been battling some um, injury stuff, but he's after a couple of weeks to rest, he should be arrived in Acadiana ready to roll. So, so those are a couple of names I like. We're talking with PGA Tour digital content associate editor and a man who's a Corn Ferry Tour alum, Kevin Price. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as we broadcast live from Lake Triumph Golf and Country Club for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross, which will tee off tomorrow first round and the weather's supposed to be beautiful i wanted to ask you about this kevin because a couple of years ago this tournament was canceled because of covid the week of and crazy. crazy and then last year it came back but no fans so it was a weird environment remember last year walking around we could just walk around wherever and we're like is there a golf tournament going on and you you, yeah. you you see someone with the Chittimacha, you know, Louisiana Open stuff on. You're like, oh, yeah, the, the tournament's gone. But this also affected our friends in Lake Charles because the Lake Charles Championship was supposed to debut two years ago. COVID cancels it for the Corn Ferry Tour. Then last year, it got canceled because they were still recovering from the hurricanes. They're going to be back next week. So back-to-back events in Louisiana. How big of a deal is that for the Corn Ferry Tour and, um, you know, for Lake Charles to have this event, you know, a Corn Ferry Tour event, just, you know, about an hour west on I-10. It's awesome. So um, I think the Corn Ferry Tour kind of in a sense, on the big tour level, the roots in the early 90s when it was the Benton Hogan Tour, it was kind of meant to be and designed to be a driving tour. 
with a lot of stops yeah. in the Midwest and people are able to carpool together and caddies can carpool together. And then kind of as life goes on and you expand and go across the country and different spots outside of the U.S., it made it harder for, at a lot of times for the Corn Ferry Tour players and caddies to do that. And, you know, with the money not what it is on the PGA Tour, that can definitely cut into costs and kind of turn some, you know, years of profit into years of loss, depending on where you find yourself on the points list. And the, the regime kind of over the last few years, Alex Baldwin, the president, they've done a great job in the tournament business side team, Charles Hamrick and such back at headquarters have worked to design the schedule to make it, to kind of go back to those driving routes at certain spots in the schedule. So this is players love it, players and caddies and staff are grateful to be able to have kind of a two week period. And I guess with Savannah the week after, same thing, you can kind of drive there, albeit not an hour away, but there's this Southeast pocket of three events. And I mean, it's close enough where in theory you could get a hotel in the middle and kind of set up shop for two weeks and try to get an extended rate or whatnot. I, I don't know. I was thinking if I would have done that, probably not because I do love Lafayette and, you know, the Blue Moon Saloon and those type of places to say. But um, I think it, on the, dri the driving tour side and the convenience, it's awesome. That Monday travel day, rather than being a full travel day, you can get in, get a practice day if you want an extra practice day, or you can get some rest if you want that. And then, you know, not district, not on the player side, but on the community side, just, I mean, this is the third year it's been a first year event. Like we have these tournament meetings at the end of every year in Lake Charles, this has been the third year with the Lake Charles team there. And the fact that there still hasn't been an event, like everyone just feels so bad for them that it has all these factors with COVID and the hurricane. So everyone's very happy to have this event starting. I, I know the players are excited to get there and I, I know they have a lot of activities planned for the players throughout the yep. week and I've met the tournament team and they're super enthusiastic about it so it, it's and awesome also Kevin in, in case you didn't know th there's also a pro-am next Wednesday which is going to feature this big bald and beautiful fella named RV3 by the way yeah, yeah. I'm doing back-to-back pro-am you're going back to back back to back you gotta pray for me you gotta pray for me you're honing in your game. Have you, have you done some practice? Have you been out to the driving range? <laughs> I went to the range earlier this week. It's not going to help. All right, before I let you go, bud, um, tell me early thoughts on, on the early part of the season here for the PGA Tour. Obviously, the Players' Championship was delayed multiple days because of rain down there for TPC Sawgrass. Um, great 17th hole there by Cameron. But what do you make of what you've seen so far early on here for the PGA tour season? It's just really, I mean, the youth movement has been a theme for years, but this year it's even now more than ever, you know, with the top five players in the world, all in their twenties, Scotty Scheffler broke his way into the top five. He was on the um, corn Ferry tour just three years ago. He yes, played yeah. the Chittimacha Louisiana open in 2019, won twice in four starts, had, a great win at the WM Phoenix open, which I mean, that tournament kind of one of the highlights of the early year for sure, just with the 16th hole and aces made on 17 on 16, the crazy party hole on Saturday and Sunday fans just going nuts. And then him winning in a playoff over Patrick Cantley was definitely a highlight of the year. Now, now into the Florida swing, it's always the tougher tests. You know, the wind blows a little more, the courses are a little tighter and, it was wild at the Honda Classic a couple weeks ago. I was happy for Sepp Straka 
who played on the Corn Ferry Tour a couple of years. He tracked down Daniel Berger. He was five back into the final round and came back and won. So kind of you have this mix. You have, you know, some of the established players and guys moving into the world top five, like the Scotty Scheffler and Joaquin Neiman winning at the Genesis was awesome. And then Hideki wins in Hawaii. But you also had the string of first-time winners with um, Luke List and Tom Hoagie winning out on the West Coast. And then kind of my favorite story of the year on the PGA Tour so far was Ryan Brem. He was going to play the Corn Ferry Tour this, and I'm obviously always biased toward, you know, the grind and journey stories. And he was on the only start of a medical extension. He was going to play the Corn Ferry Tour all year. He got into the Puerto Rico Open with his wife on the bag, and he wins by six. So now he he was going from playing the KFT all year. He was in the field. He was going to play in Lafayette. It was His schedule was to play the Corn Ferry Tour. And now he's on the PGA Tour, played the players. He's exempt there through 2024. So just the fine Crazy. line, all the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour can compete and win on the PGA Tour. Kevin, appreciate your time as always, brother. Tell the people quickly how they can follow you on social media and where they can go for all your work. I appreciate it, sir. PGA Tour Kevin on Twitter. Share out stories and updates and random travel musings and then PGATour.com. But I cover all the tours, you know, PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour champions. So, yeah, not as much on the Corn Ferry Tour this year, but definitely an all-encompassing job across the tours. So I follow it all and I love it all. It's, it's a great job to have. Super, super lucky to have it. Kevin, appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy your week, my friend. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Trust me. Thank you, RP3. Good luck in the Pro-Am, in both of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll need it. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves. Just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed. Twice. In the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Southwest Louisiana sports station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by Jane Jake, exterminating Kramer Equipment and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, a tumbler, a chair, a paddle, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to go see the Houston Astros play. Yes, not only do you get all the crawfish, everything that you need to have a great uh, crawfish boil, you're going to get a $500 Visa gift card and tickets to go see the Astros play. Tremendous package here. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Let's check in on that poll question of the day, shall we, while we have a minute here on the RP3 and the company. We asked you, how do you think I'm going to fare in this afternoon's Pro-Am? 
options are surprisingly mediocre, record-setting performance, or absolute dumpster fire. Those are your options. <laughs> Get to some comments here before we get to you. Rob on Twitter says, not all records are good records. You are correct, my friend, while sharing a gif of Shooter McGavin. Rob also says, just don't go out there with Pro V1s or anything. Get you some top flights or a couple of sleeves of pinnacles. Well, maybe like two dozen. Rob, not to worry, my man. I don't go crazy spending a lot of money on golf balls because of my game. <laughs> so, not to worry, Rob. I've already, <laughs> I've been thinking like that for years. For years. Wait, 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 wait. You said Robert put on his, on Twitter, he put the Shooter McGavin gift? No, Rob, not Robert, Rob. So they say there's a Rob that's on Facebook that uh, also shared the Shooter McGavin gift. Well, I mean, when you're talking golf, you got to talk Shooter McGavin. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Green says, I have faith in you, Raymond Parts III. He tagged your name on Facebook with the uh, – Thank you, Mr. Green. I think this would be a gift, but right now it says there's just a meme, and it's from friends. It says, you got this. Oh, yes, Chandler. Joey and Chandler. <laughs> you got this. Yes, you got this. Thank you. Shout out to Mr. Green for giving me words of encouragement because I'm going to need it because it will be an absolute clown show later today. I'm so excited about 3 o'clock, man. Where, where is 3 o'clock? Can I get here now? <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, while we have a moment here before we take our time out and get ready to bring on Bill Bender to talk NCAA tournament, our friend from the Sporting News, want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for – you look, without them, we won't – be able to do this, being out here all week broadcasting live, RP3 and company, Footnotes with Kevin Foote, and of course, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, which will start coming out starting today. want to thank Tibbs Trailers. When you're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Doosan. Rope, soap, and dope. They are Acadiana's workplace authority for more than 20 years. Offer supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. You can find them online at ropesoapanddope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business. Of course, the Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant. They are Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located right there in the Oil Center. And, of course, Golf Connection USA. You can find them at GolfConnectionLouisiana.com. That tailor-made stealth driver you keep hearing us talk about, they have it, as well as a large variety of golf bags and shoes. Go visit them at 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. we got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk NCAA men's tournament with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We're going to break it down for you. That's coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
The teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in in all the action before the first team tips off this Thursday. That's tomorrow. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be physically present in Louisiana, 21 years of age or older. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. So see DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. NCAA tournament. First four kicked off, tipped off rather, last night. The big field, your big round of tournament games, will, of course, start tomorrow. First round action Thursday, Friday, then second round Saturday and Sunday. And to help break it down for us is a man who covers college athletics, football and basketball, our old friend, the one and only from the Sporting News, Mr. Bill Bender. Bill, good morning to you, bud. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, doing great. Uh, doing great. Appreciate you making the time. Okay, every year we go through this process of there's like one or two teams that everyone feels was robbed and they can't believe in this, this huge ordeal. And it, it's a big talking point. For someone who covers college athletics and has covered the tournament and understands the NCAA tournament process, is it really that big of a robbery that Texas A&M did not get into the field? I mean, not really. I, I had them in, so I mean, I thought they deserved to get in, but you know, they turned it on late, and the only one, you know, so that's how some of those teams that are on the bubble sorted out. I mean. One idea that was floated to me yesterday that I thought makes more sense is instead of having 16 teams, 16 seed teams playing these first four games, do the bubble there. You know, put, put A&M in a game there with Virginia. Well, I guess Virginia Tech won the ACC, but you know what I mean? Put the eight bubble teams from the major conferences in those games. I mean, we all sit up and watch Indiana-Wyoming. I'm not sure as many people are watching Corpus Christi, Texas Southern, and that's not disrespecting those schools. I think they should be able to play on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, if you win your conference tournament, that 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 is one of the rubs about it, right? If you win your conference tournament and and, and become an automatic qualifier, having to play in the first four, eh, you know, I, I, I'm not passionate about it, but it does seem like it's a little a little unfair, Bill, right? You should, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. You won your conference tournament, and your reward is you get to be, you know, right. in, in the first four. Done before it even starts. And, right. you know, I went to a mid-American conference school. And now, I'm going to be honest, like, a MAC school is probably never going to be a 16. They typically get that 13, 14 range. But if it had a losing record and got in and they made them play in that game, I wouldn't be real thrilled about it because you want to – Enjoy those moments when your team gets in the tournament. Correct. Um, any surprises with 
seeding from you from someone who covers the sport? Was anything that really stood out to you? You were like, ooh, that team was a little bit lower than I anticipated, or wow, they were kind of higher than I thought they were going to go? Tennessee was low, obviously, um, but I think of a deal. I, I had North Carolina seeded higher than they are, and you know, I think that's one of the things that it didn't throw me off. It's what they did, but the ACC is pretty low seeded, with the exception of them being a two and thinking it to Duke. It's Coach K's final tournament. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, wait till you see the tournament when those games start and the calls they're going to get. So, um, <laughs> you know, so, it, it, yeah, I think the ACC is going to be the conference I watch in terms of were they seeded properly or, or did they come out and, and have a pretty good tournament because they put some teams in late. <clears throat> Do conference tournaments matter to the seeding process, Bill? major ones I don't think not as much um I think they're still enjoyable though I I I enjoy watching them I don't it's one of those football versus basketball arguments like I don't see a ton of value in the major conference tournaments other than the tradition and it's an opportunity for a team like Virginia Tech to make that run but I think four of the last five champions didn't win their conference tournament correct and I I I feel like certain teams don't really value conference tournament. I, I know, you know, uh, switch it over to the women briefly. You know, Kim Mulkey was very <laughs> open about the fact that she didn't care about the SEC tournament, right? Like, she 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 didn't care. So when they were eliminated, she wasn't really all that beat up about it because her team could rest more for the NCAA tournament. So I think you're seeing bigger programs kind of have that mindset um, uh, about that. So I was just definitely wanted to get your take on that. All right. First glance, now that you've studied it for a few days, Bill, what's the toughest region in your opinion? Well, I mean, they're all pretty good. That one, you know, you look at Kentucky's region, I think they've got a good chance to go in, but when you have UCLA as a four, Purdue, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, when they can turn it on, and then Baylor, I mean, that's as good a one, two, three, four in those regions. And St. Mary's is an interesting team as the five in a lot of attention, but um, that's a good basketball team as well. So, And, and again, it, it kind of goes back to your previous question. Indiana's another team that, on the bubble, suddenly hot. And, and they look good with uh, Trace Jackson and what they've been able to do. And if they could throw a scare into St. Mary's on Friday. Thursday, sorry. I, I, <laughs> my days are getting mixed up. No, that's that's okay. That's okay, brother. We're talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. He joins us here in RP3 and Company as we look at the NCAA men's tournament. Uh, every year we get really trendy. It's it's become a trend, the, the 5-12 upset, and it's even morphed into 4-13 sometimes as well. Uh, of the 5-12 pairings that we're going to have for the tournament, who do you like? Who, who's who's kind of your trendy pick there to be the 12 seed to, to make the uh, do the upset, pull off the upset, rather? Well, there's, there's some really good ones there. Um, you know, I think everybody in this tournament is kind of keeping their eye. I guess they're not a 12, they're a 13 in uh, South Dakota State. But uh, you know, UAB-Houston could be a fun game. I, I, I know Houston's one of the best teams against the spread this season, and, and they're one of those teams that can be undervalued a touch. But I, I really think... UAB's playing well, and UAB could get in an up-tempo game with them. It's a good chance to see Andy Kennedy again in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of people are picking New Mexico State against UConn. I don't know if I can go there, but and New Mexico State's one of those teams, though, that they've been in the tournament the last few years, and they're not going to be scared to be in that game. Part of that is, right, you, you, the, the experience there, especially for those mid-majors when they have some experience and the, the big stage doesn't, isn't going to intimidate them. They tend to surprise some teams. Uh, let's talk about – you mentioned the SEC. You mentioned Kentucky. You know, Auburn for a little while this season, Bill, was considered maybe to be the best team in basketball, but they've, they've had some head-scratching moments and they've had some, some games where you go, mm-hmm, whoa, 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 what's going on there? Who out of the SEC do you like to make a run, say, maybe to the Final Four? Well, I think Auburn and Arkansas are two teams that could make or break your bracket. Because if you go all in on them and, and they get to the Final Four, you're probably going to win your bracket. Because I think a lot of people are off Auburn right there, right now for all the reasons you mentioned. And Arkansas is a team that could beat Gonzaga. They could. But if, that's a tough one to pick because – and Zagan can obviously get up and down and score. So those are the two X-factor ones. So it's kind of a long-winded way of saying Kentucky's still your best bet. You know, they've got the, the best starting five, the best player in the country, Oscar Shibway. And, uh, but, again, they, like, the second I want to go in, all in on them, they didn't play real well against Tennessee the other night. That's true. That's true. Hey, Bill, let's go to the uh, ACC. Uh, I kept being told by, by people that – North Carolina was down this year, and yet I saw them play in the tournament, and you know they're well above twenty wins, and they 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 don't look like a Final Four team, but they look like a, a team that belongs in the tournament. But I know it's supposedly been a down year for the ACC. Duke stumbled there at the end on Coach K's final game, and uh, Cameron uh, Tar Heels kind of embarrassed them a little bit, and then they lose in the ACC tournament. What about the Blue Devils? Do you think they can put together a magical run for Coach K? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're talented enough to do that. Uh, Paolo's a great player, and, and, you know, it's, like I said, half-joking. They're going to get some calls probably along the way. Um, but but yeah, I think that they're, that they're still the best team in the ACC. I, I picked them to go to the Final Four, so I obviously like them. But, uh, you know, again, it's a, like I said earlier, the ACC, this is a tournament where there's a lot on the line for that conference because now – in the future, they're not going to have Coach K. They're not going to have Roy Williams. You know, Jim Beheim's getting up there. You're starting to wonder how Shire and Davis and those guys are going to carry the mantle for a conference that used to be that we just assumed they were going to get one, maybe two Final Four teams every year. That's a good point. What about the Pac-12? Who do you like? Is there a team in the Pac-12 that you're really high on based on how they're seated to make a run to the Final Four? Well, I mean, Arizona's playing good ball, and Arizona's been playing good ball. So I think they're a team, obviously, to watch. Arizona, uh, Matherin's a heck of a player. They've got some international flavor. This is a conference that hasn't won a national championship in 25 years. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. O'Banion right. Brothers, right? That was the last time? Uh, Arizona in 97. Oh, and then O'Banion yeah. in a couple Lute years before team. that. Yeah, the and team that beat Kentucky in overtime. That's when, and that's... You know, those couple years, the uh, Pac-12 was as good as anybody. They had Stanford making runs. They had, you know, UCLA, and they had Arizona at the top of their game with Lute Ellison. And, I mean, this is a big year for the West Coast basketball because we always talk about the West Pac-12 had a good tournament last year. And UCLA loses in heartbreaking fashion, but it was a great tournament. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see 
how they build on that great tournament this year. Wrapping up our conversation with Bill Bender of the Sporting News talking NCAA men's tournament. All right, bud, I'll get you out of here with this. Give me your final four team, final four teams, and give me your national championship matchup and winner. Who, who, do, who, who have you yeah. picked? Yeah, I mean, I, I went chalk because I tend to do that anyway. It's just a force of habit. But I've got uh, Kentucky in one final four semifinal, which I think a couple people would watch that if that happens. Um, networks wouldn't argue with that at all. And then uh, you get Arizona and Kansas in the other one. So, you know, it's kind of a throwback 90s chalky final four. And then uh, I like Kentucky. I, I think I say that because it's kind of taking a risk, but I still think Kentucky's the one team that their home run swing when they're going and all of those guys are scoring and Sheboy does what he does. Um, the best team, most talented team in the tournament. So I think they beat Arizona in the final in a, in a battle of Wildcats and Calipari gets a big win. Boy, I like that. I like that pick a lot, Bill. Bill, appreciate your time, brother. Enjoy the tournament, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care, Evan. That's Bill Bender from the Sporting News, college football, college basketball reporter. Oh, he likes Kentucky to win it all. That's a smart – you know, he, he's not – man – I was kind of thinking about that when I was looking at my bracket too, Kentucky. I do like Arizona a lot. I may, I may have picked that the other way though. I may, I may pick that. I got to finish my bracket today, which of course, whenever I make picks in the bracket, they're completely wrong. So I am not for sure what I'm worse at: filling out a bracket for the NCAA men's tournament or playing golf. We'll find out sooner than later, won't we? <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Oh, man. Got a moment here. Got to quickly tell you. Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. we got to take a timeout, our final one of the day show. When we return, we'll finalize that poll question of the day, get you set up for Kevin Foote and footnotes. That's all next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Are you tired of living with chronic pain, knee pain, joint pain? Listen carefully because now there are new treatments available. Not talking surgery or steroids. These are regenerative treatments from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Hi. 
This is Raymond Parch, the third, better known as RP3. QC Kinetics is the leader in these exciting biological therapies that help restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints with lasting results. If you got pain in your knees, shoulders, hip, or back, joint pain that won't go away, you need to check out these new treatments with astonishing patient satisfaction reports. They can actually help your body restore and repair itself with no downtime, no drugs, no surgery. Call now to schedule your free consultation at QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. You need to learn more about how biological therapies are changing the way we think about dealing with joint pain. It's exciting stuff. Don't wait. Call today. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Poll question of the day. Final results. How will RP3 Sports fare in today's Louisiana Open Pro-Am? 62% of you have chimed in with flaming dumpster fire. Thank you for the moral support. 23% of you say record-breaking performance. And 15% of you surprisingly being mediocre. Thank you for all who voted on the poll question of the day, who commented as well on Facebook and Twitter. Appreciate you for doing that. I want to take a moment to thank our guest as well. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, the Mad Dog, Ron Higgins from Tiger Details, and, of course, our old friend Kevin Price from the PGA Tour. Whew. Pro-Am this afternoon. Hannah Five Names will be out here trying to document the amazingness that that will be for your man, RP3. Please wish me luck, and hopefully I won't fall into a water hazard on the course. That's, that's the goal today. That's the goal. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah, five names. I'm Raymond Parsa III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.